Excited about a great start. Glad to be back. Well and truly, welcome to Hand Pod. Really good start to the season. Um, welcome to the podcast. We, myself, uh, I'm Sam Kelly. I'm, I'm joined as usual by Joel Richards. Hello there. And we've just been uh, ribbing English Dan, who's also here. Hello, English Dan. Good evening. And about the fact that he missed the entire weekend <laughs> of football, basically. So he's for me, it was it was a good option. I think pretty um, much a yeah. silent observer on this week's Hand of Pod. I think <laughs> you think, yeah. We'll see about that. We yeah. hope so. At least. Um, <laughs> but right, where do we start, guys? Well, um, I fell back in love with Argentine football. I've been, um, you know, I know, yeah, it's you know, a little bit cheesy, but um, no, I went to Boca and late call up mate had an extra ticket, uh, which was very exciting. Sat in one of the plateas, which I've never been before, and so kind of got the whole, uh, you know, in front of me the panorama of the uh, of all the Boca supporters, and it was an amazing game, um, really good fun, and uh, all the drama, you know, some nice few touches of quality, a couple of good goals. Um, obviously, Bianchi's back, and uh, and that was just one of the one of the really good games that happened the weekend. But I mean, it was you know after the, you know, the lingering feeling is that Argentine football was rubbish uh, amongst the Argentine journalists, and you know this weekend showed sure there's still lots of mistakes, there's still loads of problems and all the rest of it, but there are a few really good games. Absolutely, I went to Argentina against Vélez on the very first day of the season, um, second match of the season, um, one in which the sort of general chaos of the weekend was was precluded slightly less maybe not quite so much by the football although it was a decent enough game um, but the, the match before it uh, had been delayed by a power cut in Santa Fe where Union were taking on Arsenal as a result of which our match kicked off late and of course we didn't get told why we were just hanging around and thinking yeah okay and there was also a power cut in Argentina so Precisely, I saw that was, that was the match I saw actually it was yeah, catching because uh, okay. 12 and a half minutes into the first half the, all of the lights went out like that as if somebody had flipped a switch or possibly somebody had flipped a switch or at least pulled the cable out um, and it took about 40 minutes to get it up again so I, I was back in San Telmo and eating dinner at about half past one in the morning um, but good game I continue to impress me that is slightly less so as we'll probably get on uh, get on with but the, the goal from Lucas Prato was astonishing and the first of a fair few golassos that were scored this weekend yeah I was hearing um, Skoko from Newell's was saying that the ball's really light and it's uh, so the new ball yeah Kafugo exactly Tango football goal apparently is what that means Kafugo yeah well that's, that's what it's called and everyone is and the result is is certainly on this first showing is brilliant because we're getting some amazing goals. I mean, Bordiso's goal, the winner at Boca was sensational. Prato for Vélez was yeah. awesome. Scott Bank was scored a nice goal. Bank hit a goal that almost, well, almost hit 100 kilometers an hour, didn't it? Really? Yeah, it was nine, I think it was 93. Wow. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, you know, we haven't had... You usually get that many golazos, really, over the course of a season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I missed quite a lot. But did you have a good time at the beach, Dan? That's the important thing. It was a lovely, lovely weekend, yeah. You did did mention there were quite a few people there. There was definitely a lot of people, yeah. (laughs) It seemed like... No, it was incredible. And that was just one place I... When I saw there is Province Beach in summer in Argentina. Yeah, long weekend, you know, four-day weekend as well, yeah. It was... There was a lot of people, but it was... It was very enjoyable, yeah. So that's the sunshine. That's the and you didn't miss any racing or lessons, so No, I'm no. very happy with that. So I was umming and ahhing about whether to go to the coast or go to racing against Rafaela in Santa Fe. <laughs> it came down to, to a couple of days before, and I finally opted for the coast, and I can only thank God for, for my prescience and you know my foresight. <laughs> why, why was this, Dan? Tell, tell our dear listeners what ended up happening to racing in, uh, in Santa Fe. Well, because, Samuel, racing, you know, after a... Pretty, pretty decent season in the NCL and, and a pretty decent pre-season as well and a, very, and a decent pre-season as well you know in the really crucial oh, that's worth of course the crucial torneo de verano yeah. which tell you exactly how the teams are going to go for the rest of the season 
uh, Racing One against uh, Boca Independiente and, and River. Went to Santa Fe in high spirits and then got spanked 3 uh, 0. 3 0 with two first half penalties. Which is just, I don't know, it's just a real sick, sick irony that can only happen to Racing because if you guys cast your mind back to the first game of the Inicial, uh, 1 0 in Avicenida, Racing and Rafaela. Racing also had two penalties. Both of which were missed by Pepe Sand. That's right, of course. That's right, yeah. 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 Wonderful, like, yeah, just twisted, ironic symmetry there, which just wants to kick you in the teeth. Well, the penalties were. Not that I'm bitter, of course. Another but, example yeah. of those things that can only happen to Racing, supposedly. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 If, we, if we believe the club mythology and so on. But um, the, the two penalties were, were pathetic uh, in terms of the fouls that were They committed. were both penalties, so I doubt. Oh, I mean, just no doubt about it. I mean, they were just yeah. ridiculous fouls. And. Um, yeah, just very, very poor. And it just seems like, even from the start, um, we all watched like we all watched um, Luciano Vieto last year. He was probably, you know, the revelation of Racing, definitely ahead of Centurione. Say, and yeah. maybe one of the revelations of the, of the whole season. You know, talking about young players, and mm. he was left on the bench for Sands by Zabellia, which just seemed a completely, I don't know, bizarre decision after all you've seen and all that. And, yeah, I know he hadn't played too much in pre-season, although he had obviously played a lot in pre-season, but he played a whole, s- yeah. Yeah, a whole competitive tournament. <laughs> so even that kind of reasoning doesn't well, stand first up. first phase, because obviously they were knocked out, but, but yeah. Well, yeah, still five, no, yeah, four games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think even from there, it just seemed like, I mean, I haven't watched a game and haven't had the heart to watch the highlights, watch the goal for what should be fairly obvious reasons. So I didn't see it either, but I much. did um, read up on it. And yeah, it sounds uh, like they had pathetic. Racing only had two shots, neither of which were on target. I mean, just nothing. Um, and, and that's not just down to whether it's yet or sand, that's, that's obviously down to yeah. um, the, the, the problems in the field and, and, and at the back, of course. But um, yeah, dreadful start. Well, the thing yeah, is, the, as I um, saw them in field, sorry Sam, sure. as I saw them in field, he played kind of a 4-4-2 to Bendia, and he put in kind of um, Pelletieri, Camaranesi, Fischar and Zuccolini. So you've got there two very limited players who can't do that much with the ball, and two players who are really pushing into their like early 30s and 30s and don't have mobility. So what, what they're supposed to do, there's no one, there was no one in that midfield who could have provide you know that explosion from there or yeah, sure. really kind of change the game and, and there won't be either you know I think I read that Bolatti you know kind of held his own he came on in the in the second half yeah. and he was pretty much alright but so that's not going to solve the problem like, without Centurion who's even if he says at Racing now he's not going to play for the whole season mm. they really have just lost that kind of explosion from, from midfield that they had last year with him and that's going to really hold him back if they can't find another way to play. What's the deal here? I, I heard some of the journalists on, on one of the you know, countless chat shows which has like 10 journalists on it. Anyway, so I, so I really don't know who, I can't remember who it was that said it, but they were saying that Zubeldia doesn't have a very good press and he doesn't really get on that well with, with quite a few of the journalists because they, they find him all quite difficult to deal with. Is this that right? I mean, does, has he got a bit of a he comes across a distance? He comes across, that's, cr- comes across that way. Uh-huh. It seems like a very serious kind of guy like very straight in the middle yeah. he just wants to talk about the game he's not going to be one of these people who's going to give him great quotes after a match or Bielsa used to be like that I mean, when I first yeah. came here Bielsa was, was national team manager and half of the journalists absolutely hated him because by the time he finished answering a question they'd forgotten what the question was well they all have clans don't they they well, don't like study well Bielsa's issue was because he wouldn't give exclusives that, that's really where that came from because he cut out a massive business which was mm. which the television channels obviously rely on which is one on one with, with the yeah. the key players and the, and the coaches um, I did read an interview with Zubeldi and he said that um, he said he doesn't have time to have friends at the moment because right. <laughs> he's uh, he has because uh, it's so much work which I thought was very, uh, quite an interesting and quite controversial thing to say. <laughs> Luis, but, uh, Luis he's also very young. is 33 years old. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's quite a sad thing to be saying about it. His, his missus, his girlfriend's, I mean, still like, studying at the Uber. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's... You know, probably he's, for a few years. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, he's obviously quite quite intense, but I mean, I just wonder, you know, these things do do count. I mean, they shouldn't, but they do. And so I wonder how much leeway he'll, he'll be given uh, if, you know, next week they don't get a... Win, you know. I don't know. It sounds like he's he's got a good relationship with the board, at least mm. for, for all that that counts for. You know. Well, no, that, we all that, know that that's pretty pretty limited. 
but yeah the the board seems um, to like what he's doing they kind of support his project of bringing these young players through Good. more than anything because it means they can then sell him and yeah, make an unknown percentage of that deal allegedly <laughs> possibly as much as five yeah um, but yeah um, I don't think they'll panic with the way Leo like he's very highly regarded as we were saying last week you know the under twi- Argentina under 20s are kind of looking for him so he'll yeah, be given sure. a few yeah, yeah. the interesting game is going to be uh, Independiente in the third round because you say it's Argentinos this Friday at, um, at 9pm mm. so a bad result in that game and then another loss yeah, in to, the uh, to Independiente like, that could yeah, sure. I'm not saying it would be the end but that would really really you know, put, put the knives in that mm. it'd be hard to bounce back I'm going to attempt to segue here because you mentioned uh, Luciano Vieto not being used after being one of the young promises of the Torneo Inicial and another of those young promises um, from, from the second half of last year um, was, was used and did play and scored a goal in a very impressive victory for his team okay? and that was uh, Robin Botta for okay. Tigre who, yes. who equalised for them away to Estudiantes they went on to a 3-1 win crushing really I mean I only caught the second half of it but they were so much better than Estudiantes it was scary I mean Estudiantes did not look up for it at all no and Canyas 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 remarks afterwards have caused quite a bit of um, quite a lot of repercussion Canyas being Estudiantes manager because indeed the, the, the coach said about his players they, they, basically what you just said Sam they weren't up mm. for it and yeah, a bit of a problem really, isn't it? First day of the match, first day of the season, you can't get your players going yeah. for... Or your players won't get going. Of course, for Tigre, it wasn't the first day of the season. They've already played the, the Copa Libertadores um, doubleheader to, to qualify. They, they get, and, and they played um, Independiente in the league the weekend before in the Torneo Inicial. They've still got one match to, still to come, which is tonight. They're playing Quilmes in the final round, or the penultimate round, I should say, for the Torneo Inicial. Um, but they're certainly starting off in much better form this season. Well, I did notice that um, it was very hot, really hot actually on, mm. on Saturday, and Gorosito kept stuck with his jacket <coughs> out, of the, out of superstition. And his mullet. Well, he's had the mullet for a while now, hasn't he? <laughs> if we're, if we're, if we're the mullet's to but, but yeah, 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 no, exactly. I mean, that, that must be hot as it is. But um, <laughs> but he, he went with the jacket, which um, just out of. <laughs> Out of, out of superstition and I love when they do this because you know it's we're in the middle of summer it's really hot and you know they're out there in full suit just because they've had a good run with what he's worn that suit that particular suit but anyway it works I mean they won 3-1 away to us to the Andes a really good result and because at one point I was hearing that Gorosito was maybe going to be getting receiving an offer from Ecuador I think for some oh yeah and uh, yeah and you know, he's doing very well so good, good on him Sorry, I was just checking the, the other two goal scorers for Tigre. It was um, Alejandro Donati, the centre-back, with a header that redefines the word towering, I think. Um, and Gabriel Peñalba with another one of these long-range yeah. um, scorches that, that we saw this weekend. Other matches that stood out for you guys? Can you think of any? Well, well in the, in the, yeah, in the I was going to say, it was yeah. pretty damaging yeah, defeat yeah. for Independiente. Uh, well, it was very damaging, but it was, it was a really good game. I mean, it had a bit of everything. Um... You know, missed penalties. Scored from last year's uh, leading scorer, Ignacio Coco. Mr. Coco scored uh, another two. Newell scoring more than two in a match as well, which during the Torneo and ECR we didn't see. I thought they were more but impressive, even though they conceded. I mean, they, they took whatever it was, 12 rounds or something to concede during the Inicial. But they were really I mean, good. they're great. You know, they, were, they went 3 1 up, they were still attacking, still going for a fourth. And, you know, last year we were saying for the Inicial, we were wondering whether that meant that you know, further down the line they basically ran out of steam and that, you know, come on, you're 2-1 up, you're 3-1 up, away, just sit on that, you know, get, you know, relax a little bit. But, um, but it's great to see, man. And, and they were, you know, we were wondering whether they'd be able to carry it over. You can argue that Independiente are in poor shape, but I thought Independiente looked really up for it in the first, first half yeah. in particular. They had really good work rate, they were, they were chasing everything. And... But going back to what we were saying last week about um, Gagil, um and about the, the atmosphere at, at, the, at the ground at the club, you know, there's obviously problems. That he got sent off after three minutes or something because uh, because of arguing with the referee over something or other. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, was, he was off straight away. So you know, it's, it's just it's not saying that it has that much of a bearing on the game because you know he's still there, he still gets to watch whatever. But um, I mean, 
the miss penalty by Farias. Uh, it was torrential rain, you know, but he, I mean, he really, really scooped it, put it high and wide, and uh, at a point when they were they were level with Newell's. Okay. And so they would have they would have put the two on ahead. He would have thought, yeah, no, yeah. These are the kind of things this. that you know when you're in a relegation fight like in the Benin DR and you're playing one of the best teams in the league at home. You know these are moments that are going to come back to haunt you. you know? Absolutely. So, well, it, it might sound premature to start talking about. Uh, are they in trouble or whatever because no, in one way we're talking cool. about the same weekend you know the first weekend of the new championship we're also talking about the second yeah. half now of the, of well, the, the season the, the sixth of, of, of the six championships that define relegation precisely right? yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah Racing was actually a big kick in the teeth uh, in the Benyente as well because yeah. they're one of the direct rivals down there so you're saying that Racing did it on purpose I, I would never say that no. that's what I heard I so at the same time as well they're both simultaneous very suspicious the other match that was played on Sunday, of course, was uh, we've already mentioned one of the goals from it, Leonel Vanchionis. Um, River Plate finally, finally getting revenge against Belgrano de Cordoba for relegating. Quite revenge out of so long ago. Horrible, horrible people. Um, of course, the, the first weekend of the Doneo Inicial was the reverse fixture. It was River against Belgrano in the Monumental. This was when River were going to come out and, and spank Belgrano black and blue and say that's that's what you deserve for really sending us down. And Belgrano won 2-1. Um, and this weekend, River went to Cordoba and, and got a 2-1 win, which I saw none of because I was uh, I was at a wedding party on Sunday afternoon. So Joel's going to tell us about it. So. Um, yeah, good second half. Uh, second half that started with Leo Ponce being sent off for River um, after about two minutes yeah two minutes after the break um, first half was alright Spicy Pereira hit the, bar, hit the bar but that was pretty much all that, that really happened um, but yeah River down to ten, ten men and, and away from home and, and they were better really um, Macchione's goal was was a brilliant hit I mean um, he Funny actually, I, I saw that he's he's got a really good shot on him, but I didn't realise he hadn't scored for ages. And he, uh, he said he hadn't scored for a hundred games. It's it's ninety yeah. something or other. But I mean, well, he's you know he's got a great shot on him, and I was really surprised because I remember him scoring quite a few good ones at, at Newell's. But anyway, so it's brilliant goal, really well hit. Um, Trezeguet just just laid it off for him outside the box, and and he, he whacked it into the far cor- far low and hard into the into the corner. So, um, and then Carlos uh, Chino Luna came on for. Um, and made it 2-0 so this was Luna who's, who doesn't look like he's in the best of shape to be honest and who had been rumoured to be moving back to Tigre on loan um, gave them what they needed over the cushion because then Fare he, uh, drew one back Fare scored and that, that faithful we always scores against River so no I mean all in all you know, it wasn't a great performance but then they played half a game with, with 10 men yeah. so you, there's only so much you can really take from that you know the question of sort of not hanging on but you know seeing really what, what they could do with it so really all in all it was a really good win for, for River um, and it's three points it's a win in the next match it's, it's a way it's, it's 10 Piazza's minutes it's, you know, first it's good. home match back in charge as well yeah, yeah. which will be interesting to see on Sunday against the Studiantes um, the other match of course that we've already kind of mentioned but we should go over in a little more detail there was uh, Boca v Quilmes in which Quilmes uh, Boca really throughout the summer uh, under Bianchi previously they were always you know famed as, as having very much building from the back forward and solid defence and then you worry about everything else afterwards and you win 1-0 or whatever or go through on penalties or, or what have you and, and that was the, the course of a lot of successful um, it's all gone out the window in this one hasn't it they conceded loads of goals during the summer they conceded two in the first eight minutes against Kielmes mm. including one for a set piece which was I mean the least Bianchi team goal I've ever seen conceded yeah. with Fred Oliveira just being completely left alone in the middle of the 18 yard box to open the scoring um, and they came storming back very slightly fortuitous maybe um, to go in only 2-1 down at the break while well, Derebiti scored fairly late on and then um, oh what was the guy's name Bordisson Guillermo Bordisson uh, brother of Nicolas who plays for Roma of course um, he's apparently he's quite a goal scoring centre back but he's apparently really never, got never scored at his feet before Sunday that's absolutely right yep. <laughs> and scored two and the second as Giles already mentioned was an absolutely Phenomenal volley. Well, he, um, there were lots of lots of after after his goal, especially the winner. There were lots of because he'd been he'd been really at fault, certainly for the second goal for Kilmes, um, and he was looking pretty shaky really at the back. So it was, was it him who gave away the penalty that Kilmes had saved? No, that was Matias Caruso. Uh, of course, yeah, off. Off, wasn't it, yeah. But 
I think Bordito gave the ball away in the first yeah. place yeah. To, to set that up, so to speak. So, so yeah. So I mean, on the one hand, you know, Bordiso, you know, everyone watching in, in Europe the next day see you know the little YouTube clip and see a great goal. Oh, Bordiso, you know, I mean, he had a really bad game, and, yeah. and he, he himself knew that. But um, you know, um, I mean, you, I mean, great drama. Great football. I mean, you're right. Boca and the Bianchi usually are a little bit more conservative and, and what have you. But but no, was, I mean, they were completely shaken by by the first ten minutes from Kilmes, um, You know, who, who actually looked really good. I thought um, the other striker they had, Menendez, who scored the second one, really nice little chipped finish. Um, I thought he looked pretty useful mm. all over the place in a good way. Um, was quite tall, strong, and, and pretty pretty useful on the ball. Um, and you know, 2-0 up away to Bormanero, 10 minutes gone, you're like, well, this is awesome to take him. But, but no, they, they did really well, and Martinez, Burrito, looked um, the, the, the brightest spark, really. Paredes didn't really get into the game too much, but, I mean, as Raquelme said this week, he's got an awful lot of pressure on him. Um, but that little... Trius, Raquelme's... Well, no, no, I think since Raquelme's come back, I think it's much better for him. Well, this yeah. is the next thing I wanted to mention, because, of course, when we last recorded, it looked like Raquelme might be going to Tigre, and then he yeah. started talking to Boca, and we didn't really know. Since when, uh, Raquelme's gone back to Boca. Who'd have thought that? Who saw that coming? Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote on the, the day after Raquelme announced he was leaving Boca, I wrote a column for ESPN in which I said... Pretty much, don't be surprised if we can't place with Boca again. Um, he will be doing this weekend, probably. So it, the the enganchiless playmakerless Boca has, has not lasted very long, really, has it? Because Raquel is going to be right back in the middle of it this weekend, isn't he? Uh, no, maybe, no, 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 he's not ready. Tonight. He's not ready no, to play at all. No, no, no. no, no. How, I mean, how long are they going to give him? It's funny though because it's funny how this all works because you know the news then that, that Raquel is going to go back to Boca next day. Raquel is in great shape. He's been training for the last four months, and, and there's certainly a paper that has the exclusive on that Raquel has been been training for every day and he's been playing football the weekend with his mates, and that's fine. I mean, that's what he should do because he's a professional footballer. So, um, you know, I hope he's in good shape. Everyone wants to see him back, but I think they've they've said he's not going to be back for um, for another couple of weeks at least. Not, not that we want to blow our own trumpets and suggest that Hand of Pod had the exclusive on this, but our very own English Dan did last week say that he suspected Rick Helmay hadn't exactly been killing himself in training. Well, time. Um, so there we are. Who'd have thunk it? Again, um, we should round up, I think, with, with the team who really deserve to have the, uh, the first round round up finishing with them. That makes sense. <laughs> we've been building up to this point. You can later edit it and just put the words in the right order. I could, yeah. yeah. Um, we've been building up to this point, and, and I think it's only right that we saved the best to last, and that, of course, is Lanus' uh, performance against Colón on Monday night. Just beat them black and blue, basically. 4-0 uh, could easily have been 6 or 7, and Colón wouldn't have had much of a much of a complaint. And it's not as if Colón were a bad team, either. Um, no. Did either of you catch it? No. no. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to talk about it myself. Yeah. Uh, 4 0, four different goal scorers. I think that's I love one that. of the I biggest. Love that. yeah. um, it's yeah. always a good test. Kind of compliments that you can pay. In terms of what a, a great team performance it was, I'm going to remind myself of who those goal scorers were now. I've got the computer here. Well, Ismail Blanco scored on his debut. He did. Um, and I was making the point on Twitter that he has fantastic, uh, for an English language um, uh, uh, podcast, he has a fantastic name for a target man because his surname means target. Of course, Blanco, the, the more commonly known um, meaning for it is white, but it does also mean target. So he's a, he's a Blanco man. Um, he's my target. Peter Asciano opened the scoring very nice team move. Uh, Silvio Romero got the second. Uh, Blanco got the third, as we said, and the fourth, which Ole haven't wanted to, to mention, was it was Mario Reguero, wasn't it? It was. Um, again, just just really impressive performance from Lanús. They, they had, Colonna had a sort of ten minute spell near the beginning of the second half where they'd obviously had an enormous boot up their ass from, from Roberto Sensini at half time um, came out all guns blazing won a few corners and then on one of them Lanus countered Blanco finished it off maybe 3-0 and that was it it was just well that that uh, counter attack was, was just brilliant wasn't it it was just a sweeping you know loads of players involved and, and this is what you know it's not just that four players uh, four different players scored the goals it's that all the goals they weren't you know just a great bit of individual quality from, from range, say, or a great bit of technique. You know, there were team goals, passed the ball, almost passed the ball in, you know, into the net. So, um, yeah, looking really strong, I'd say, for... But, I mean, they finished last season. It makes sense that they, they are in good, good shape, right? I mean, they finished last year in brilliant, brilliant um, spell and slipped just right at the end. But, I mean, they, you know, they really came... To, 
came together under um, Barrascalotto at the end of last season. So, yeah. so, you know, it makes sense that they're still showing their form. And unlike most of the other, uh, I guess, teams that we might call title uh, challengers, they've not got Libertadores to distract them. Might prove decisive, you never know. Yeah. Lay your money. Um, Lay your money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we should mention we already mentioned but this is win over Argentinos of course but they did play in the Copa Libertadores last night we're recording on Wednesday uh, this week they played in the Copa Libertadores away to Emelec of Guayaquil sorry Guayaquil in uh, Ecuador um, and they lost 1-0 and again really were pretty poor I mean as I said earlier with the exception of the goal Vélez didn't particularly <coughs> impress me on Friday night and they just looked like maybe they're Still slightly sluggish after after the summer or whatever. I'm not sure, but it's uncharacteristic for them. It could but be like some of them lost together. a few. Yeah, they lost a few friendlies in pre-season as well. Like maybe it's just yeah, taking a bit of time to get back in back in the swing of things. I mean, I'm sure by the end of the season they'll be playing fantastically. Probably be in the latter stages of the Libertadores. But oh, we'll see. Well, at this stage, as they say, that's when it counts. But I mean, starting off slightly slowly. They did exactly the same in the got short championships. Well, in the initial, they did the same, though, as well, do you remember? Yeah, they, that's they, quite they, the same they, they, I mean, they, I mean, they, they won, won the first, well, they won the first match 3-0, but then, I mean, they were up, a little bit up and down, and, and they, they only really hit form when, when Chucky started scoring his goals, mm-hmm. um, which was the final final phase, I mean, sort of, well, so, yeah, short season, I mean, halfway through the season, say. But, um, yeah. but I mean, as you said, I mean, at this stage, it's, it's just a question of getting through the group in, yeah. in Libertadores, and then... Uh, I think one away away defeat isn't anything to get panicky about in the Libertadores either. Oh, sorry. How did um, Man U Madrid end up? Uh, one one. One one. Yeah. yeah. I thought you'd stayed until the end of that. Then. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. My commitment to the pod was to get here on time. <laughs> so, well done. Um, San Martino San Lorenzo drew nil nil. That was the weekend's really big relegation clash. Union got a point against Arsenal. One uh, one in the very first game. We and we need to mention Union Arsenal, right? Gone. Because I mean, you know, I didn't. I was on my way to Argentina, so well, I well, yeah, well, I didn't see it either. But since then, there's been a bit of a culo gate. Oh yeah. With um, Brites mm-hmm. of Union um, sticking his finger where a finger shouldn't go during the football match. Of course, yeah. Um, on Pablo, the worst seal. And then saying, "I'd do it again if I had to." Well, then he, exactly. Actually, it felt quite. Not, he didn't say the last bit. No, he said he did. He said I'll totally do it again on, on, with, with one radio station. And then, then yesterday, um, or maybe it was, no, sorry, it was today, um, he said, oh, I'm really sorry, I shouldn't do it. You, know, you must do that kind of thing during a football game. Um, <laughs> I'm glad but, he realised in the end. Like. <laughs> but no, but exactly. I mean, he's clearly been, obviously, it's just, it, I mean, I don't know how serious it is in terms of what could happen in terms of punishment or, <laughs> or final or suspension. But, um, but, but, but Lucio, well, exactly. I mean, I don't know. But uh, Luisio lapped him, didn't he? I mean, he went for him. Yeah. Uh, that's why Luisio punched him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I saw the punch. I didn't notice what had happened. But I, I saw the replay, obviously, later that night after getting back from the Argentinos Velasco. Yeah. Um, you got to watch the After Dark highlights. That's the, yes, that's the pres- yeah, exactly. Triple A. That's the trick I'm missing. Um, it leaves Union, Quilmes and Independiente actually not in that order Quilmes bottom Union second bottom Independiente third bottom of the relegation table um, San Lorenzo San Lorenzo drew didn't they of course I've already said that I went to San Martin yeah. who were just above Independiente um, so pretty much uh, as it was at the bottom apart from obviously Rafaela climbing a little with that um, entirely gifted uh, victory over Racing as I wish would have it um, so we'll we'll maybe revisit the relegation struggle in future weeks, obviously, especially as it gets spicier. Um, but for now, it's all good. The river look good. To, river now on thirty-two points from everyone on Twitter was saying that River are going to win the title. Yeah, they're not. That's pretty predictable. But yeah, I mean, well, predictable. They'd say. But they yeah, say. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. But I'm no, sure Boca was saying the same. Ramon, yeah, well, exactly. Racing fans are saying they're going to get relegated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So path, of course. Yeah. As you were. As we were. Precisely. <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to bother with the return. <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to bother with the the Torneo final positions after just one match. Good. What's the point? Um, but I thought that we. Uh, how much did we cover the Libertadores last, last uh, week? Quite a bit, I think. Well, if I remember. It's happening now, isn't it? It's yes, just, it is. It's a bit yeah. tricky. Yeah. Let's let's leave it. Let's do uh, a little round up next week. Yes, we've got all the teams right. Uh, what should we do now? Like questions? This is questions. Um, so now we're we're going to play some music. It's going to turn out to be potentially quite a 
short episode this one um, but that's good actually because we haven't got a whole load of time to, to record and we will come back and we'll answer once I've put my teeth back in we will answer some of your wonderful listeners questions don't go anywhere Tell I know that Dan's just been telling us about during the intermission. <laughs> you can get in touch with Hand of Pod via the. Oh, wait, no. Don't worry. Thanks, That's sir. an in joke, listeners. But we do have some questions which, which we shall now endeavour to answer in as sober a manner as possible. Um, I've got football later. <laughs> Pardon? I've got to play football later. I can't be too pissed. No, absolutely. That's, uh, that's why I just said that. Uh, the first one, and we'd like to thank Matthias Silberstein very much for asking <coughs> because. Frankly, we've been trying now for 91 episodes to, to find an excuse to, uh, to answer this question, and nobody's asked it. Uh, Matthias Silverstone, one of our, our most regular questioners, and indeed listeners, asks, why don't we advertise? Why don't we sell something? I want to donate money to you, at least to buy you a bottle of Fernet. Thank you for the podcast. Um, I've not made that up. He really has <laughs> sent that tweet. I can retweet it if anybody doubts me. I think you should just say that... Yeah. Yes, in fact, I'm going to do something Transparency, right now. mate, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So if you check the Hand of Pod uh, timeline and go down a bit from because I'll tweet at least a couple more before this goes online, um, you will find this tweet. And the answer, Matthias, is um, we've never really thought about it before, but if you do want to donate uh, for net money to us, if you PayPal it to, to my address, I can take out the money. Um, and uh, and I'll buy a couple of bottles of Fernet for the pod. It is sam at astelgolsiempre.com. And thank you very much. And likewise, if anybody else wants to give us money for no reason, please feel free. Uh, we're always open to... to Are you suggesting that, you know, the pods get progressively better as, you know, along the, over the course of the hour or so? Yeah. After a couple of episodes. How do we get this? So, uh, Heaven forfend. Um, no, I don't, I don't think that happens at all. Maybe we should have a, a, a team warm-up in the pub first. Ah. Mm. You might be onto something, though, John. For the, uh, the, the real match, yeah. yeah. Like, considering how hard it is for all of us to make the state of time. That's very true. Again, a, a previa might even be a bigger challenge. Yeah. Uh, Leo Russomano asks question for the next podcast. What are your favourite radio shows on Football Argentino? Mm. I don't own a radio, so I can't. I'm not, um, not sure radio the only one I have well, experience is the one that's syndicated to Fox Sports, where the TV show involves. What you get by um, the I listen to the wrestling one every now and then. That's all right. There's, um, well, I tell you, certainly in, in a river, there are loads of ones dedicated just to river plate yeah. that have started up in the last couple of weeks, really. One of which I've, uh, well, not a couple of weeks, obviously, but one of which I've been on. Really, but there, there's really one that, but one. some of the programs, but exactly, some of the programs like Rio de la Druna, there's quite a few others, um, have, have gone from being like weekly uh, ones to being every daily ones, mm. um, because obviously we're everything that's happening in the river. Um, Rock and Kloss mm. is, that, yeah. is really good because um, Mariano Kloss is probably the most, the best uh, journalist and, and analysis he does on the radio, on, on his weekly, daily show, um, talking about you know, the issues of the day. I mean, he, he canes everybody that needs caning. Um, he's, you know, he's not very generous with his, with, you know, with his opinions, but he's great, and they get loads of inside scoops. So Rock and Cloth... They, Victor Hugo's always worth listening Victor to Hugo's, as well, because I just love his voice. Uh, he's definitely the best, I, I think, um, commentator. Yeah, yeah. In terms of radio shows, mm. I mean, I'm not sure if it's the, the games or or like or Mac or you know uh, interviews and whatnot. Rock and Cross those in the afternoon very good. And there's another one which is um, Los Lo Más Grandes, which is on Radio Cooperativo, which is also very good. That's on um, you can get all these things on like TuneIn and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if, if, it's, if it's online, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if it's interviews and analysis that you're after. If it's for the games, then yeah, I'd say definitely Victor Hugo. I really like Kloss as well. Um, but, but I mean, there's, there's loads out there, so... Somehow I knew you'd have the best answer to that of the three of us, Jill. I'm not sure why. Uh, you should listen to the radio boys, come on. I should, but I, I don't have a tablet, <laughs> so I, I don't like to do it on the You can computer. do it on that. I know. I know you're not, just, you're not awake when half these things are happening, that's why. Uh, okay. <laughs> low blow, Richard. It's very low blow. No, 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 I'm just... No, no, it's... 
but there's ones in the evening as well, which is pretty good. Below, yeah. oh, oh, we haven't talked about Below Earth show. I haven't listened to it for ages because it's on really late. Well, we've, we've got we've got a Apparently question that kind of ties in with, with oh, Bilardo as well because uh, Bilardo said something <laughs> yeah, today, yes. and we're going to mention it in a minute. So one of the other questions. Um, obviously, we should mention for the possibly slightly hard thinking um, that all of those, as I suspect later, realised when he asked the question, are going to be in Spanish. Um, if you're practicing Spanish, if you don't already speak Spanish, please follow Joel's recommendations. If you just want something in English, then I'm afraid you have a. We've got you as a captive audience. Don't go away. Yeah. Plus, uh, Joel, is, yeah. Joel is a very accomplished uh, dubbing actor, so if yes. you want to hire his services to, <laughs> to interpret on that Spanish radio, like, this, is, uh, I'm sure this, this is very true. This is very true. Absolutely. Um, we will only explain that joke if somebody asks us to next week uh, when, when Joel actually won't be here. But, um. Oh, that's so harsh. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, when, I'll get the replica. Maybe when Joel's back in that um, Rob Solomon asks: uh, Simeone is yet to sign a new contract at Atletico Madrid, and his record suggests that he never sticks around long anywhere. Has there been anything in the Argentine media about his plans for the future? No, no. Really. It's just classic Simeone, and like leaving it to the last minute, not wanting to get tied down to anything, any sort of long-term commitment. If it comes to it, and he's happy at. Atletico will probably sign for a year more and if not he'll, he'll fuck off like he, like he has done in so many places but no I don't think he's got any master plan in mind he just want to keep just always wants to keep his options open really yeah I'm, I'm not sure where they're at exactly but I did see they've, they've lost a few games recently they lost to uh, Rayo Vallecano mm. or Rasho Vallecano um, he also gave them a thumping as well so I, I, but I don't know where that leaves them sort of you know, in the league or Oh, they're second, I think. Oh, they're, they're still second, aren't they? Pretty they? sure they are, yeah. yeah. I can't tell. Very quickly double-check that now. No, if they, if they finish above Real Madrid, I mean, it's an incredible yes, yeah, it's absolutely sensational. Nice. That's the greatest win in the league, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, you know. Within just two minutes, we're doing nothing. <laughs> Argentine internet, and this is just... Yeah, they're second. Uh, yeah. 12 behind Barcelona, but four ahead of Madrid. Still four ahead, wow. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, more questions Neil Zimmerman um, asks what we think of he says he meant to ask it a few weeks back which is why it's, it's only been done now but what do we think of Matias Rodriguez move to Sampdoria and will it improve his chances of a call up for the national squad uh, myself and English Dan were saying before we started recording that we weren't actually aware that Rodriguez had moved to Sampdoria I think one thing <laughs> think very much yeah, of it, I think one I think. thing you could say about that move is that Sampdoria is not a bad place to be in at the moment we know that it's in the eyes of Sabella for Mario Icardi yeah. who's being watched now was he was Savella there at the weekend right he was to watch him and I think he scored again I can't yeah but I think they scored again I can't he scored again I can't remember what the score was against but I heard he scored so yeah if um, Savella's there if he's got people watching Icardi like Rodriguez is gonna is gonna benefit by proxy you know if he's telling good displays he's gonna be in the eye and we know that always we just keep keep saying this you know the the fullback positions um a consistent problem for Argentina Rodriguez can play on either side so if he does well in Italy he's definitely going to going to be considered um, he scored the third goal in a 3-1 win over Roma uh, Eric Lamela scored Roma's goal and uh, Daniel Osvaldo the, the turncoat who's now playing for the Italian <laughs> national team uh, missed a penalty for and Mr Garriga scored as well yes Mr Garriga so there you go yeah, does it say here whether let me see Apparently, Matias Rodriguez was not involved. It was an unused sub. So, if he's going to be an unused substitute in Sampdoria's matches, it won't help his national team cause very much. Uh, but I think you're quite right. It can only help his ability of being involved with someone who's as much in the public eye at the moment here as as he can is. It can. It, it will help him. But I, I, I'm starting to wonder a little bit how much really anyone's going to get a look in anyone new because. I mean, you know, Icardi, there's the issue over here, you could choose Italy, so that's why it's yeah. getting fast forwarded. Um, I mean, Lamella hasn't been called up, although maybe he'll get a chance, you know. But I mean, um, but, but Casamela's really, really fixed on his, on his team and on, on his squad, and I'm starting to wonder quite how much. Oh, how many options I mean he's saying that the you squad's 80% done you were thinking right? he's going to look for options anywhere though it's going to be it's going to be yeah that's the it real is, it is but I mean, he's had you know and Maradona has said some pretty harsh things about Campagnaro but I mean Savela's had quite a few games now to try other people out um, to, to give a few other fullbacks the opportunity and he hasn't so 
I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I just wonder when it is because so far in friendlies he hasn't used that, and the next few games are, are qualifiers. So um, you know they're not going to test someone in a qualifier. So you know they're running out of time to to get in. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll watch this space. I guess is the answer to that question um, at the end of it. Um, this is where we bring um, Carlos Bilardo back into it now because Ale Miranda has asked us a question um, asking whether we can give an update on the adventures of Diego Maradona and he's um, he's been in form in the last few days hasn't he he's, he's been on a radio the the televisually synchronised uh, radio show that I mentioned earlier Fox Sports Radio de Plata um, complaining about how he never watches the national team anymore as a way of as much as anything sidestepping a question about how, how much of a better manager Alejandro Sabella is than him um, Joe. He said he's a uh, he's a sporting exile, <laughs> so he's not allowed, according to him, uh, to work in his own country. Mm. Oh, right. um, he said some amazing. Of course, nobody in Argentina has any respect for Diego Maradona or holds him any position. I mean, of it's just, well, yeah. I mean, it's um. He said some incredible things. He said that um, Campanero needs to. Needs to show his personal ID to get into his own house because no one knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he also said something which I, yeah, I'm not going to repeat even here because it's so inflammatory about Bilardo and insinuations about Bilardo's activity. This is why I wanted to mention Bilardo because Bilardo then was quoted very widely today. They asked him what he made of this, and Bilardo basically said, One day I'm going to wake up in a bad mood. And I'm going to say all kinds of things that you'll love to hear about Maradona. I could write a book about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I look forward to that day, personally. Yeah, that would well, be a great book. Absolutely. Why aren't Why, why are you doing the, it? Uh, the publishers of, uh, of Argentina you know, calling up? Offer him millions. Offer him whatever he wants. Yeah, Buy him an yeah. island. I don't Amazing. care. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, it comes to because Bilardo has a. Actually, it might be worth trying to tune in. No, it's Bilardo's the Bilardo Hour. That's what it's called um, on Radio La Red which uh, it's quite late this is the thing and I'd never get around to listening to it but um, I mean on one hand he, he tells a lot of old stories again and, and on the other I mean he just says some amazing stuff so um, it'd be interesting to see but you know this is the way it's always been isn't it with Bilal and Maradona and and everyone else I mean they just yeah. argue and then they make up and then they argue again and, and you know but, um, but Maradona said some pretty, yeah, really very inflammatory things about many people the other day <laughs> For a change, that's a brilliant one and campanado like that. That's my mind. Quería mostrar su DNI para entrar en casa. Nunca Moving on, uh, Shivam asks, what uh, what are the opinion in the media in Argentina of players such as Delgado or Donda who play or have played in the United Arab Emirates League? And uh, that, that's the first one. Truth is, there isn't now. They got a bit of attention while when Maradona, Maradona was, was still there at Awazu, and now he's facing yeah, the now it's gone. Now he's gone. There's no interest whatsoever. I mean, because we don't get the matches televised. Do they? they used to when Maradona was managing the ESPN, so they used to put up YouTube video clips and televise them. Yeah, <laughs> to the whole of South America, it's ridiculous. Um, of of yeah. Alwasel's goals and things. Um, but since as, as Dan says, since he left, yeah, no, it's just very much. more more Argentine players. You know, doing it, playing the trade in a pretty obscure league, so mm. there's nothing to really kind of bring them in. Well, I must say, I didn't realise that Cello Delgado had gone to the, to the United Emirates, I thought he was still in Mexico. Um, so that's, I've learned something this evening. He also asks, can Racing win the title? Yeah? Um, I can't say, I didn't watch the game, but, you know, I wouldn't necessarily panic after one game. I don't think that could, mm. that'll tell us if they'll win the title or not. At the same time, you know, as we said, that one win by Rivers is not going to tell us if they can win the title or not. But you say they need to probably improve quite a lot if it's going to happen. Indeed. Um, Tom Robinson asks, "Has Sam been to Europe?" Thank you for asking, Tom. Well, well, nice one, Tom. Um, thank very you, nicely thank you. up. Thank you. Yes, I have. Um, um, must remind that must remind us then to to get that in. If because we won't, I'm assuming we won't always have questions about. <laughs> no. And we hadn't mentioned. No. That. No, people might forget that Sam was in Europe. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten myself. Uh, I apologise if I'm mispronouncing the vowels in your name because uh, they've got what looked to me like very funny symbols over them. But Paul Udegaard, um, I'm never quite sure how to say it, especially the, the one with the O with the diagonal line through it, it's like a, as if it was a river shirt, um, asks Is Fernando Gago a coup for Vélez? 
um, or can Boca praise themselves and think of themselves as lucky for not having bought him? We talked about this last week, right? Yes, yes we so. did. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. I think it's more of a uh, Boca going to think of themselves as lucky for not having him. He also asked when there's any chance if, uh, that somebody's going to buy him. Um, I'm not sure whether he's aware that, that Gago's here on loan for six months. So if somebody does buy him, it's going to be from Valencia. And no option. Yeah, to buy exactly. Yeah, they just don't have, have the option. So I think it's fair to assume that nobody in Argentina is going to be able to afford to, to buy the transfer fee unless Gago kicks up a massive fuss and decides he wants to stay in Argentina when this six-month loan mm-hmm. finishes. Um, but what do we think about, I mean, Boca being lucky not to have him? I would have thought they'd have been over the moon to, to have got him. Obviously, they weren't too worried about Ooh. bringing him back. I mean, between done. him and Samosa, I know they'll pick... Well, yeah, I mean, I think any, anyone in, in the country would want him. And to be honest, anyone really in South America would be after him. But um, because he's still a player at the top of his game, perfect, you know, I mean, 27 years old. I mean, he's, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, I'm a bit surprised. But, I mean, there, there was a, we, we discussed it last week, didn't we, that uh, the situation when Boca were supposedly interested in, in him was very different to the situation which allowed Vélez to get Gago, um, which is that. Coaching, the coaches changed at Valencia. Valencia were after money at one stage and happy to offload him for six months at the, in the second instance. So, um, I mean, it's definitely a coup for Vélez. Mm. Um, there are questions about whether Boca did or didn't do enough to, to try and get him. But um, and Gago said, you know, Boca didn't make a, an offer as such. So, yeah. um, you, you know, you wonder why why that is. But I mean, I think anyone would would want him. He's a great player, brilliant midfielder. Um, Know, he's not not a ball winner as such, but you know, brilliant playmaker from deep, and you know, I don't think anyone would <coughs> would turn him down. No, absolutely. Um, he made his debut last night for Vélez and was, I guess, as good as any of Vélez's players, which is to say, slightly disjointed and, and it wasn't quite going for him. Um, but he was among the sort of least disappointing <laughs> in, in terms of the performance that they turned in. Um, when now that's that's the end of the questions thank you very much as ever for those those who sent questions in um, I'm now going to play uh, Mystic Sam's music and, and I'll be back with my wizard's cape and witch's hat on to tell you what to bet all of your pocket money on this coming weekend Contradicting myself here um, because it seems to me uh, it might come out of my mouth very differently, but it seemed to me when I was writing these the other night that I've gone for a lot of home wins this weekend. Uh, that might just be my imagination, so we shall see. First of all, Racing versus Argentinos, um, two teams who both lost the first weekend. I think Racing will win. Um, you said that last week, Sam, and I was a bit disappointed. Yes, and I apologised when I said it last week, so I apologise again now, English. Thank you. Uh, Godoy Cruz to beat Union de Santa Fe in Mendoza. Uh, Union are now 24 matches without a win in the league. Uh, San Lorenzo to win at home to Belgrano. I am predicting a lot of home wins, aren't I? Colombo San Martín to end in a draw. Venice versus Independiente to end in a draw. I think they might be slightly tired after going to Ecuador and back in midweek. Uh, Tigre versus Boca. I actually wanted to see how they both do tonight, but let's say <coughs> Boca win. Not at all confident with that one. Kilmes versus All Boys draw. I'm actually predicting more draws than home wins here. Uh, Newells versus Lanús draw. Probably the two most impressive teams in the first weekend, I thought. River to beat Estudiantes at home. And Rafaela to get an away win over Arsenal de Sarandi. That is your lot. We're finishing recording now, I suppose. Um, in, in other news, Peñarol versus somebody or other. Iquique. Iquique, thank you. It was just finished in... Uh, was it a 2-1 win to It was. Peñarol. Can you tell us where Iquique is... It is in Chile. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, we all made a mistake on this, didn't we, last time? We did, yes. Somebody wrote, I can't remember who it was, who wrote in to, to correct us, but thank you for doing well, so. Thank I, you. I did retweet the, uh, the person in question as well. Um, the other thing that I have to apologise for is the sound quality on last week's podcast. Just. 
or more to the more to the point, the fact that those of you listening, I believe, on MP3 players, were getting just sounding through your right ear. The left channel was full of noise, so I removed it altogether uh, to make the the podcast listenable. Hopefully, this week's is better. Um, and again, if anybody wants to donate, and if you specify what the donation <coughs> is for, I'll be more than happy to buy an improved microphone for Hand of Pod. Um, so please feel free. Start the microphone fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Donate, donate. We should. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, then you know, send us an email or a tweet or whatever. That it won't be spent on booze. No, we absolutely <laughs> promise. We, we will, if, if you earmark it for Fernet, then we will buy Fernet. If you earmark it for microphone, I'll put it aside for a microphone. I am now refusing to tell you again where to buy these socks and, and other No, don't worry. Don't worry, I've, I've noticed it. <laughs> that's a five times. Due, due to the four day weekend, patient, I didn't want, to go, didn't want to go all the way there yesterday or Monday just to find that they were closed. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <just> <laughs> six months of There's always an excuse when you don't really want to do something. <laughs> that's what I've learned in my 29 almost years on this planet. Oh, you're right. Um, when are you 30, mate? Pardon? When are you 30? Uh, April next year. Oh. I'm 29 and a couple. I said 29 almost. That's just 28. Yeah. I know, I don't look at day over 19, do I? I was going to say 12. That's <laughs> <laughs> nah, a that compliment good. as well. Yeah. Um, on this very uh, slightly creepy note, um, <laughs> <laughs> we shall say goodbye uh, for another week. When we when we return, Joel's not going to be here, apparently. He's off for the next two weeks, is it, John? Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you, boy? Oh, lovely. Yeah. For two weeks? Yeah. Very nice. Well, it's... Road, I, I road don't trip know, it's not quite... It is a road trip. Because we've not mentioned this on Hand of Pod yet, but Joel's passed his driving test. Get in. Um, get so in. the, the roads you, of South America... As you can America. tell from my, from my voice, I'm obviously only just about you know, legal age to drive. Yes. Yeah, so, of course. Know, it's only getting... It's very so exciting. The, the roads yeah. of South America have just become a slightly less safe place than they already were, which is... It's quite touching. <laughs> it, it's quite a feat, yeah. No, but um, I, I'm a fully-fledged um, driving licence holder. I'm very proud of that. Only an Argentine one. I've done it, obviously, don't have one from the UK. Uh, where they shunned my driving ability um, by failure. They and just don't appreciate but your cavalier approach. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, here's our thumbs up. On you go, mate. No, so, um, <laughs> so there is a road trip involved. Uh, it's not quite two weeks, but I think I'll miss the second. I think I'll be missing the second one. I'll let you know. Obviously, if there's a choice between staying on the beach or going back to the hop. Then he'll be back here. Well, clearly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, we we will endeavour to to get uh, guests of the very highest quality in to replace Mr. Richards. We might just end up with Mariana or Seba. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we shall see. Um, but for now, it's uh, goodbye and indeed bon voyage uh, to Joel. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye and, and welcome back to to the city to English Town. I'd love to say it's good to be back, but. <laughs> It's very hot. <laughs> it's it's very, very, very humid, yeah. <laughs> uh, and goodbye from me. Goodbye.